0: Welcome to Around the Table. Several of our churches have experienced tragedy in recent months. As an interconnected brotherhood, we desire to support one another during these difficult times. How should the church body respond? How should we process grief? Listen in as a counselor and church shepherd share their experience and insights.
1: We're here today to talk about the topic of walking through tragic loss as a congregation. It's with a deep respect for the pain of tragic grief and what people have been through that we're coming together today. I'm Ted Witzig, Jr. I am the elder at the church at Morton, and I'm here with Brother Frank Souter, the elder of the church at Roanoke. So I'm looking forward to talking together, Frank, just about some of the insights that have been gleaned through this time. So, so welcome, Frank. Blessing to be here. Some
0: time ago, we, as a church family and community, experienced a tragedy that it's still playing out. Mm-hmm. We're still going through it. But it was a tragedy of a magnitude I had not experienced in my lifetime. It was raw and not knowing how to handle it. And I remember calling you on the phone and just asking you, how do we work through this kind of grief, this kind of tragedy? Because it's a grief that I had not experienced before. I don't mm-hmm. think our church family had experienced that magnitude of grief before because it, was, it happened so suddenly, so quickly. Yes. So, Brother Ted, help us understand what tragic grief
1: is because it's something I was not prepared to deal with. First of all, I'm right there with you. All the listeners are with you. We we all don't know how to deal with the shock of tragic loss. It comes on suddenly. Tragic grief is so different than losses of other kinds that are anticipated or happen gradually over time in that this catches us off guard, it shocks our system, and it gives us that sense that that this is just it shouldn't have happened or it was it wasn't on my radar and and because of that it creates such an intensity of the loss and confusion around the loss. Frank, what was going through your mind when the initial news came and it and all of a sudden you found yourself in the middle of this tragic loss? profound need
0: for prayer, Mm. um, a need to be near the families that are going through this, Mm -hmm. of wanting to support them, but Mm -hmm. not knowing for sure what to even say. Exactly. And I don't know if words were even necessary, just needing to be there. The other thing that was going through my mind is we as a church family need to be in prayer. And it was important to get the information out to our church family through a prayer request and keeping people updated because it is a confusing time. Yeah. And there are so many things where people's minds are going and what's happening, and people want to pray. They want to be a part, but unless they're informed, they don't know what
1: to do. Yeah. So how uh, how did you do that? How did you inform the church? We have a... Um, An
0: email that goes out to the entire church. And we kept our church updated where things were at Mm -hmm. and the need for prayer. By doing that, I think it helped keep the individual families in a safer place that people weren't asking them for information. They knew that information would be coming forward on the emails and how they could pray.
1: So Frank, one of the unique features of the tragedies that we're speaking about broadly today is just the fact that it impacts the whole church community, and sometimes more broadly. So tell me what's, what's your experience with how it impacts the church community and the larger community. As a
0: church community, we felt a need to be together, to be able to grieve together, well, I think in some aspects the families impacted needed privacy, mm. we were one step removed from it, yeah. but we are grieving and we need to pull together. The day after the tragedy happened to be Wednesday and we as ministers got together on Tuesday night and um, decided we cannot go forward with a regular Wednesday night church mm-hmm. because All of our minds were focused on what we were experiencing as a church family. And so we simply gathered together and, one, had an update where everybody was at in the tragedy, but then just focused in on reading psalms of lament Mm -hmm. and singing hymns together and having a prayer. As I watched our church body grieve, Mm -hmm. but the families grieving one way the body grieving a different way how do you as a professional who've worked with people through grief work through those different grieving processes Mm
1: -hmm. that's a great question and I think one of the first things we have to do all of us is to understand that people are going to do it differently and at different times and what you mentioned some want the solitude and privacy. Others want to talk and connect and and, and emote. It, it, it's, it's so broad. And I think that's true, especially right after a loss. But that's also true uh, some over time as well. Some are going to be more private and some are going to be more social. I think another thing that we have to understand, too, is that because people have different experience with losses and even experiencing the same loss are going to take it different ways, it doesn't mean one is right and one is wrong. And it doesn't mean one is more spiritual and one is less, but it does mean that we have to really work at receiving people or accepting people where they're at. And and that's hard because sometimes we're at one place and there at another, and so there's miscommunication or misunderstanding as well.
0: There is the individual grief that a person goes through, but the grief that a church goes through as a body, Mm -hmm. and working through that, how does that look across time? A week goes on, months go on, it's still impacting us.
1: Yeah, it's a great question at the beginning in a corporate setting or in a, in a church community, we're at a more similar stage. So the shock comes, we're all getting the news and it's, it's getting updates minute by minute and, you know, or hour by hour for a while. And then right after there's often a real pulling together, a real desire to be together or a real desire to like come together and rally each other, like when there's tornadoes and things like that that happen, that right afterwards the community comes together and people come around together to try to support one another. And there's a, there's a sense of real bonding together in that. And that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Then we'll oftentimes, when there's times of mourning then, we'll have our formal times to be able to, to grieve at, the, at a visitation and at a funeral. And then life's supposed to go back to normal, right? Right. Right. But it doesn't. Normal. <laughs> or whatever that is, right? And I think one of the things that happens is at that point, this is where the trajectory of that gets very different. Because some people's lives move back into normal or a, a more typical quicker than other people's lives, okay? And other people, it's still unfolding. So then we start to be in a different spot, and as that happens, one of the things you'll see is you'll oftentimes see certain people kind of bounce back, and you'll see others who don't seem to bounce back. Something
0: that just crossed my mind that I'd never thought before is it was one thing to shepherd our church through the crisis. Mm-hmm. It's another thing a month later, and... I think as a shepherd, our role is to pull the body together, okay. but as people process the tragedy over time, they end up in different places, mm-hmm. and I cannot do that collectively as a shepherd with the church, and it's where I'm dependent upon the body yeah. of every member knowing each other and ministering to each other to meet different people at their different places of need, those who are ready to move on, those who who aren't yeah. ready to move on.
1: Yeah. You can't be at all places at all times. No. No. And we were never designed to be, even though I think you would agree that we would like to be. We would
0: like to be, but, <laughs> but it keeps us yeah. mindful that's why we are a body. It is Christ that is the head of the body, yes. and the body needs to be listening to Christ, and it's the body working together, yeah. meeting each other's needs.
1: You know, Frank. It even reminds me too that it's that we think about it at the local church level, but we're also very blessed to be part of a church denomination that has many connections nationally and internationally. And so, when we go through this, we have a whole church body coming around us in prayer.
0: It and, was amazing
1: yeah. of just the support that the families felt
0: mm-hmm. from our national church, from churches all over the place. Yeah. People singing hymns in Japanese oh onto God. the families of oh prayers being made in Australia for the families. Oh my. And just what an encouragement that was, that prayer is going up yeah. all over the world.
1: And just think, a silent prayer by somebody's chair or bedside going up to the Father, uh, interceding for us. That's, uh, that's, really, that's really profound. And it's at times when when our minds have so many questions and sometimes aren't even sure what to pray. What was it like for you shepherding people through something at the same time you're experiencing loss yourself? That grief, I still feel. Mm -hmm. And in many ways,
0: that grief is greater now than what it was initially. Mm -hmm. At the beginning, it was, what should I say? easy to pull everybody together because yeah. we wanted to be together. I needed to be together. Sure. I needed to be with my brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. I felt that need. They felt that need. It was yeah. good to gather together and spend time in prayer. It's a lonelier journey now mm-hmm. because people are at different places in their grief and I'm realizing I don't have the skills to get them through it and I know it's only God. I'm not going to be able to meet the individual needs of everyone, Mm -hmm. that it needs a body, people loving each other through their grief. But I would like to just glean a little bit from your insights of because people grieve so differently, Mm -hmm. and it is so raw. So, Brother Ted, could you give me some insight of just some of the experiences, some of the feelings that people go through
1: in grieving. Mm-hmm. The experiences are quite varied. And they range from feelings of really pressing into their relationship with the Lord to to places of feeling disillusioned and feeling angry and wondering how God could leave them in the lurch this way. That's what it feels like. All the way to just feeling the, the deep despair of depression and sadness, all the way to feelings of coming around to the acknowledgement of the new normal and the the new reality as it is. So it's 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 very wide. And and so what ends up happening is you'll look at one person and think that person is really moving along and while they struggle, they may have tears, the grief waves come and go, they're moving along well. And then you'll look at someone else and think, oh, my, they're stuck. They're not moving. And, and for various reasons. Uh, and maybe, it's, maybe it is uh, stuck at anger or disillusionment. Maybe it is I'm, they're stuck in, in some trauma that they can't move past. But regardless, I think one of the most important things for us as helpers is being able to acknowledge that that's where they are. <laughs> Doesn't mean that's where they have to stay forever, but meet them where they're at. We can't make anybody go through a healing journey, but I think there's two things that we want to make sure that they know. One is that they are in our thoughts, so that we care for them. So that's where the text. Even the text that's never returned, okay, you have put on their phone that you care for them. I care. You know, you're on my mind. Secondly, I think what we're also extending is the hand of connection. I, I am here. I am willing. And, and I think that that message of that you're on my mind and I'm, I'm extending to you, the fact is, and this is going to be hard for some people to hear, but it's gonna take some people months, and some maybe it might even take years to get to that place where they're ready to process. I hate to be the bearer of bad news that way, but I also wanna be very realistic that some people process very quickly and move through, and other people go into places that that really, really pull back. We need to remember that the grieving process is actually God's design for shedding of, of grief and loss and hurt. And as human beings, we try hard to not feel sad. We try hard not to hurt. But that process is the process where that moves moves itself through. And again, sometimes people say, Well, are is are they over it? Well, I think one of the things that happens with every loss is something has changed. And so we have to acknowledge that there is something changed. And sometimes it's a, it's a change we didn't want or ask for. But we also need to keep encouraging each other that there is a future and a hope. And I think that's the thing we have to go for. At the beginning of grief, sometimes people are like, there will never be a day I'll be happy again. Okay. And a lot of people feel that early on. That is really a good thought that we all need hope.
0: And I think if we can all land in the place where we know that, yes, Jesus cares, I may never understand the big picture. Mm-hmm. I will never know the whys. Yeah. But I know, I know in my heart of hearts, he cares. Mm-hmm. And how do I know he cares? Because Jesus came to die to redeem me. There's no greater love that can be shown or expressed. And so I rest in that, that mm-hmm. I mean, I don't understand this pain, but I know that
1: he loves me. Yeah. I think that's where also we have to hold that for each other. There are times that we will go through these times of just confusion and disillusionment, and that's where we really have to hold each other in that uh, and to move it through. This reminds me Frank, that I often see, and I'm wondering if you see it too, or if you saw it, how oftentimes people are trying to make sense of things, and so they want to come up with an answer to the why question. And I'm wondering what you observed in, in that why.
0: You know, if we as humans want to make sense of our world. Yeah. But to know that we have a God who is merciful, and who cares, mm-hmm. and who loves. I can rest in that. His ways are higher than mine. I I will never see the big picture. Mm-hmm. I can't get it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But that's okay. Mm-hmm.
1: So what do you think then about somebody that for a period of time goes into that place where they're feeling pretty cloudy about that, Where they they're where you see that, but somebody else that you're ministering to they're having a hard time hanging on to that. What do you think of them? The only thing I think I can do
0: is one, keep them before the Father and let them know I love them.
1: Yeah. And love them on the
0: journey that they're
1: on. Yeah. That's powerful. Lifting them up to the Father and then loving them through and on the journey that they're on. What what a powerful thing. That's that's what we do together.
0: Sometimes when we go through doubt and we question mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. I've seen people go back to sometimes have a hard time spending time in the word. Yeah. They don't want to go there. But sometimes what motivates them or helps them is they think of the faith of those who have gone before. Mm-hmm. Maybe a memory of grandpa and what grandpa went through in yeah. his life, some tragedy And they knew that he came through it, Mm -hmm. and that that time will come for them.
1: Yeah, that's a great example of where the faith of one helps to bolster the faith of the other. And I think that that's, as a body, that's sometimes, as we walk together, I may be at a place where I have to, in essence, kind of borrow the strength of, of your faith or you have to borrow some of the strength of mine, or 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 the community together, because individually we're feeling uh, like things are buckling. By going through things together, when I'm weak, somebody else is strong, mm. and that's that's the beauty, and, and it's why I'm sure I'm glad that I'm I'm not a church of one. Uh, yeah, we are a body. Yeah.
0: I'm reminded of a verse in scripture of just how the faith of other people who have gone through tragedy, who have gone through difficult times, Mm -hmm. can keep us pushing forward. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: we think of the disciples, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: our forefathers, what they've gone through, and they keep us pushing forward. Mm -hmm. We know that God is faithful because they bear bear testimony of that.
1: Yeah, As there are tragedies throughout the world, as people go through them, to be isolated and alone versus having a a church body and community to go with. uh, I don't think there's any question what you and I would rather (laughs) do. We'd rather have our church communities around us and connected to us and to be part of that, lifting up somebody else's arms.
0: Amen.
1: Yeah. One of the things that's unique about tragic loss is that there is trauma included in the grief. And so for people who are hand witnesses or it was experienced, experienced it directly, or even those who heard about it uh, right up close or, or, or whatever, will oftentimes experience symptoms related to post-traumatic stress and that can get in the way of their ability to move into healthy grieving mm-hmm. because trauma by its nature causes a replay and a stuckness to that and so that's where too as a as a church body we have to understand that people's experience is is quite different and so a person who has experienced both trauma and grief, may need an additional level of care and a diff- additional time to heal. And that's okay. That is so true. With the tragedy
0: that we have experienced, it's been humbling to see the outpouring of love and support from the Brotherhood shown to us. Mm-hmm. The tragedy isn't unique just to us
1: mm-hmm.
0: there are countless churches all churches go through tragedy and have experienced lots of tragedy and it in turn gives us the opportunity to lift them up in love and support them through the mm-hmm. difficult times um, we need one another we're here together in mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. and When we're hurting, the body is there supporting us. And when another part of the body hurts, then the rest of the body is there to support them.
1: I really want to thank you, Frank, for sharing in this topic. I know it's very personal to you. It's personal to all of us, but I know it's very personal to you. Thank you for sharing. It's been a blessing to be here.
0: And um, just appreciate to be able to call you and get your insights when we were
1: going through this struggle. It's a privilege to walk together. And oftentimes, both you as elder, me as counselor, we don't have all the answers, but we can trust God to help us walk one step at a time through it. In closing, I'd like to just speak directly to those who have experienced tragedy directly. And just to say that we deeply and profoundly respect the pain that you have gone through and are going through. And there is hope today and healing in time. And And may God bless you as we walk together on this healing journey. Thanks for listening. Around the Table is available on AC Central,
0: And now also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Pocket Casts. It is a production of Onward Media, a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church.